Bird Camp Podcast is proud to introduce our newest sponsor, Dakota 283. This U.S. company produces made-in-the-USA dog kennels of various sizes and options. Dakota 283 is dedicated to building unparalleled pet protection and tailgate lifestyles products for you and your best friends. Not only kennels, but Dakota 283 manufactures food and water solutions, storage for pickups, SUVs, and UTVs, and even a grooming-slash-dog washing station. Dakota 283 is offering free shipping to the continental United States on all their items at their website at dakota283.com. I just personally ordered the G3 medium frame kennel in Hunter Orange. I like the medium size for my Llewellyn setter, and it even has the option for a kennel insert for puppy training for a future puppy that will be added to our family. Use our coupon code BIRDCAMP10, that's BIRDCAMP10, for a 10% discount. Check out all their products, including their kennels, at www.dakota283.com. That's dakota283.com. Welcome to the Bird Camp Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to the pursuit and promotion of bird hunting. So grab your favorite bird dog and join two brothers from Michigan as we gather around the campfire. Welcome to the Cubby. Welcome to the Cubby. I hope it's not too late. Join us at the campfire. Bird Camp Podcast is back. This is uh, Season 2, Episode 13. Is that correct, brother? It is. In 70, how many days opening day? Did you remember that? I don't remember what it said. Yep, according to our website at birdcamp.net, we are down to 81. Wait a minute, I'm on the wrong page. Cool website. 81 days, 13 81 hours. 81 days to opening day. So on uh, this episode, we'll have John, or, I'm sorry, Glenn Blackwood from the Rough Grouse Society. He's a regional director in Michigan, Indiana, and part of Illinois. Uh, he'll be a really good guest. He has a wealth of knowledge of uh, conservatory, uh, conservatory, that's not right, habitat and conservation. That's what I was trying to say. And I guess we can just kind of go to the news before we have Glenn on. What you got? Drought is slowly ending. You can hear it in the background of this podcast. We're in our mobile studio and... It is raining really good, and we needed it. Good for the birds, good for the trees. Uh, a lot of concerns a week or two ago how the forests were going to do. So the drought's ending. I didn't see much on the DNR news. Uh, I did get quite a bit on the MUCC news. Excellent. I, and they have water cleanup for volunteerism going on in Sault Ste. Marie, Brethren, and Rochester Hills all, all over the next month. So uh, if you... If you're interested, contact MUCC. They'd love to have the volunteers, I'm sure. They also have um, an event coming up in August 13th, dinner at the ballpark. In August, no, I'm sorry. August 13th is the MUCC Michigan Outdoor Annual Youth Charity Shoot. 
And then on August 28th, they have dinner at the ballpark in Lansing. I'm pretty sure that's at the Lansing Lugnuts, a wonderful place I've been too many times. Oh, yeah. I went there it, once with you. That was cool. It's cool. It's cool. So you got two events for MUCC coming. And um, I didn't see a whole lot in the journals about upland hunting. But Glenn's going to cover the Rough Grouse Society. There's actually a shoot tomorrow for Grand Rapids. Right, chapter, right. But he'll talk about that. Yeah, he'll talk about that. He has other events. And, and what's the update on the Onyx Maps, man? Okay, uh, Ben sent me this. Uh, he's from Onyx Maps. Um, and uh, his name is Ben Bredingen. You guys probably know him from the other podcasts if you listen to others. But you only want to listen to this one, really. It's the best one. <laughs> They did an update. Um, they updated their 3D experience on the web. I guess that means... You have to be connected to see... I think you, you want to be on a website versus your, your phone. Right. I, that's what I took that as, maybe on your computer or just opening up a browser. I went back and forth and uh, I saw a few differences. What they really... Uh, a fully featured 3D mapping experience and experience is, is how they're um, kind of sending us to put forth to you guys um, public and private lands can now be viewed in 3d mode all map layers can be viewed in 3d including trails wilderness fires uh, you can create and view all map markups in 3d including waypoints lines areas radius tools and photos uh, you can use hold you can hold down the control button and left click to tilt the map mm -hmm. so obviously this would be if you're on a laptop supposedly or, or your PC um, so you can easily tilt the map at any time to enter 3D mode, view all base maps in 3D, aerial hybrid. That's uh, that's kind of their big thing is the 3D maps was an upgrade. But the other thing is they have an entirely new map layer called 2020 Crop Data Layers. And I played with that a little bit. That's kind of cool. They have over 320 million acres of agriculture and what was planted in that specific area. Ooh, um, ooh. I mean, that's probably awesome for deer hunting, but it's kind of really good for us. Especially uh, if you're chasing clover for sharp Exactly. Yeah. I, at first, I was like, well, that's not really showing aspens growth, you know, and yeah, pine. But, but berries. like you just said, berries, and I started clover. playing with it. There is a lot of different crops through there. So that's kind of cool. Guys should play around with that. We will be giving away, not on this episode, but... We have a few more giveaways to do with the on Onyx Maps episodes. Subscription, yep. yeah, that, those are those are excellent. I love that program. Yeah, so it's you just great. go to your uh, layer library and you'll see those additional uh, crop, I'll be doing crop that. data layers. I'll on be there. doing that tonight. I thought that was the coolest thing. You know, with only eighty some days to go. Yeah, you know, it's time to start looking for that new area. Start this doing year. some planning. Doing some planning. I love the strategy. So. That's good. So that's what's going on in this episode, and uh, we'll get Glenn Blackwood in here, and uh, he's a fascinating guy with a great voice, and um, we'll have him talk to us, and we'll catch you at the end of that. Welcome back to Bird Camp Podcast. This is Kevin with, here with my brother, Matt. We have the honor today of having a guest we've wanted on for a while. It's Glenn Blackwood with Rough Grouse Society. How you doing, Glenn? I'm doing well. It's uh, a wet, wet day up here in uh, Rockford, Michigan, but uh, we're getting the rain that we need. So, Oh yeah, we're uh, we're about 60 miles south of you, and uh, we hadn't had rain for a month, but you can probably hear a pitter-patter on the studio roof. Uh, we're getting the rain we've needed, and probably good for the birds, I would imagine, too. So, You know, there's nothing better than being in camp and hearing that 
water on the the tin roof right up there with the crackling of the fireplace yeah and if you set up your camp perfectly glenn you have the fire out there like you said <laughs> so you're sitting by the fire but you can hear the pitter patter it's it's a beautiful thing at bird camp isn't it hey glenn why don't you uh kind of run us through your bio for our listeners that don't know who you are uh you are with rough grouse and you're a regional director is that correct uh yes i'm the regional director of development for michigan indiana and uh, a little bit in illinois um i've you know, this is, is really like my coming out party, if you will, um, because I hired in uh, to Rough Grouse, to the Rough Grouse American Woodcock Society, uh, February, mid-February of uh, 2020, and was, you know, trying to get my feet underneath me and doing a couple events, and uh, then the pandemic came, which uh, has basically shut everything down uh, for the last year. And it's been a lot of Zoom calls and phone calls and, uh, you know, trying to, to keep everything uh, moving forward the best we could through uh, uh, virtual events or uh, through the pandemic. Uh, but now that we're on the outside of that, or the backside of it, I should say, um, we're, uh, we're ramping up to, to go forward uh, with uh, habitat work, fundraising work for grouse and woodcock uh, here in Michigan as well as, as the other states. Um, and it's it's been a real exciting time uh, for us um, and with the organization because I think uh, we've come out of the pandemic with uh, maybe a little more focus and direction and uh, on, on a lot of levels. So... Um, even though I've been here a year, um, you know, we're just really starting to get uh, to get back out and uh, ramp up some events and activities uh, across to, across my territory. Yeah, I know a lot of people went through that where they just hired in or got started and they were off and running. Then it shut everything down. Uh, happened to yeah. both, both of us, actually. Mm-hmm. Just shut everything down. And I, I just got to make a comment. When you're talking fundraising for conservation or birds or whatever we're talking about with Rock Grouse Society, it is hard to do on Zoom and team. It's just, it's a knee-to-knee campfire, tailgate, or at an event or a dinner. That That's where the real work's done, isn't it, Glenn? Yeah, I think, and especially with, with my skill set and what I, you know, bring to the table, um, I'm a very person-to-person uh, style of individual, um, from my retail days to other volunteer conservation work that I've done. Um, you know, my father was a, a conservation officer in the state of Ohio uh, for 35 years, and, and I learned the importance of not only conservation uh, from my father um, and grandparents. Uh, I come from a, a pretty long sporting family. But um, also the the importance of uh, that one-on-one interaction and, you know, listening and, you know, working with people uh, across multitude of, of lines. Um, so, you know, all of a sudden when you're uh, trying to do Zoom things and uh, Microsoft Teams, uh, we broke the barriers down, and I think uh, we did a pretty good job on it, um, or conference calls. But still, it's not like, uh, you know, 
being able to be at, at an event uh, and see people, you know, face to face. You know, I just met with a, a chapter in the Eastern UP, uh, the St. Ignis chapter, right across the bridge earlier this week, and got some events, uh, starting to get some events scheduled for them, um, both in 2020 and in 2021, and, or 2022, uh, excuse me. Who's heading uh, up, Glenn, who's heading up that St. Ignis chapter, do you know? Um, <clears throat> Fred Strick and Marty Seralt or, or and other members, they've got a, a pretty good deal. But again, it was one of those deals where um, they had an event scheduled for May of, of last year, and it was just starting to get to know them over the phone, and then um, everything uh, got canceled. Uh, just like the Kalamazoo banquet uh, last year, you know, um, we had to pull the plug on that, uh, unfortunately. But we're ramping up and going forward and that's behind us. And, and, you know, um, now we have green grass and high tides ahead of us, if you will. If, yeah. If anybody listens to old Southern country rock, like I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, where was your family from in, in Ohio? Um, in the Springfield yellow Springs area. Um, so if, if you're familiar on a map, uh, you know, I-70 runs kind of from Columbus, where I graduated from Ohio State University with a degree in agriculture, all then towards Dayton, and, and we're just uh, in that area, uh, oh. a big agricultural area, uh, yeah, Mark and Green counties. I knew the Dayton to Fort recovery area very well in my career, I uh, with a lot of poultry and swine business down there. I was oh, down okay. there a lot, and uh, that's a, it's a really nice area. It, I, I kind of like it, so... You know, the, the neat thing about this is, in, in being in Michigan and being an Ohio State alumni, uh, people go back and forth. And, and what I tell everybody, and, and I've been fortunate that um, I've traveled a little bit in my life across the United States. I've been in every state except Hawaii. Um, in the in, in, I've been in Alaska, but 49 of the 50 states in our country. And I don't care where you go there's something special and beautiful about each geographic location. Oh, yeah. I, um, I hear a lot of East and West Coast people talk about Iowa. I spent a tremendous amount of time in Iowa. It is a gorgeous state. It is just... You know, you, you look down some of those little, you know, and everybody thinks that it's flat, okay? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, you look down some of those rolling little gullies or coolies, um, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, it's, it's like, uh, New Jersey. Uh, you know, everybody thinks of New Jersey being, you know, again, the Springsteen beach, um, aspect of it. Um, but New Jersey, the water gap region where the Delaware comes through and some of the stuff down on Cape May. Oh, Cape May is beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, and I know we're digressing. Oh, that's okay. That's what we do here. You all know, uh, (laughs) that I can be long-winded. So uh, anyway, uh, we'll get back on topic here. Well, one, one i got to throw one thing in about New Jersey. New Jersey has the most human-bear confrontations in the country, I believe. And you think about that. New Jersey has bears. It doesn't make sense, does it? But until you travel like the three of us have, you, you get it, because a lot of New Jersey is deeply forested, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, we... we uh, I had to slap brother's hands. He was going to make a funny noise when you said Ohio State because, you know, being Michigan fans, we we accept you. 
And that's well, what, thank that, you. As a sports fan, we accept you, and that's about it. <laughs> 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 so well, you know, as, as old as I am, I've been through both sides of the coin. Yes, you have. Um, through uh, when we couldn't beat you guys, and uh, now where it is today, and you know, my viewpoint is hopefully we get back to, you know, a strong rivalry where uh, uh, Ohio State wins six it, out of uh, ten years, and you guys win the other four, or we split it fifty. Well, it's better for it's, everybody. It's not any fun the way it is now. No, and that game three years ago, I don't know how our coach survived, to be honest with you. You ran the same play over and over. It's driving me nuts. I was angry. But we have really digressed. So what's going on with the Rough Grouse Society in, in your area, in your region? Well, I think uh, the biggest thing, we, two sides of the coin. Um, RGS is, is really, um, we have two sides. One is the, the chapter member development side, which I'm involved with. And then there's the conservation delivery side that um, John Staggerwald, who was recently named our new Forest Conservation Director, is involved with. And uh, I'm happy to say uh, John and I spoke yesterday. Um, as we're taping this today, um, or as we're speaking right now, uh, John is actually in a, a conference with uh, the Huron-Manistee National Forest about their zone management project and trying to see how we can best be a partner in that conservation project, which it will be huge. Um, if you're familiar with Huron Manistee, it's in the lower peninsula of Michigan. Um, it, it begins basically in Nuego County or on the lake shore on Lake Michigan and stretches, not contiguously, but blocks of land all the way to the east side of the state. Um, so chapter members from Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, Muskegon, Cadillac, uh, Traverse City on the west side um, would be greatly impacted by us having that, um, being involved in that conservation project. And more details will come on on that. Also, um, you know, we have a stewardship agreement um, for some large projects in the Ottawa National Forest that John is working on as well as in uh, talks with the Hiawatha uh, in the UP as well. And hopefully by year end, we'll have a stewardship agreement um, to start doing work on the Hiawatha, as well as, you know, other projects um, that we have going on, um, you know, across the state. Dr. Ben Jones, our chairman CEO, uh, came up with conservation isn't canceled. And I think that's the, the best part of it is, is even last year when everybody was shut down, we were still able to get some conservation projects, trees planted, some cuttings and things done in the state. So on the conservation side, uh, that's where it is. On the, the chapter membership engagement side, you know, we're starting to, to ramp up activities. We have two shoots on this coming Saturday. Uh, one, uh, the Cadillac Highlands chapter is doing one uh, up in uh, Marion, uh, Michigan, and then the Greater Southeast Michigan chapter is doing one uh, down outside of Detroit. Uh, the are there, are Robert there, uh... J. Lytle chapter had a shoot a while back, had over 50 shooters there, and uh, a wonderful opportunity for that shoot. And what was really exciting was uh, a fair number of women and youth at that shoot, which is a 
uh, certainly a growth potential. And uh, actually, the, the second high shooter overall was a lady at that shoot. Oh, nice. So that was pretty exciting with the, the Lytle chapter, uh, Roger Moore chapter, which is very engaged. Uh, we're in the Flint area, had a shoot earlier this year. And then a couple weeks, uh, middle of July, Grand Rapids is having our annual Cast and Blast, which is a, a dual fundraiser that we do with Shrems West Michigan TU. Um, I said working on uh, events um, in, for shoots in the UP uh, and other chapters, and then banquets starting. Uh, the Grand Rapids Banquet will be the first uh, major fundraising banquet in August, followed up by Cadillac and uh, one in uh, over in the Gaylor, or excuse me, um, Gladwin area um, that we'll have in September. So, um, and you know, other shoot, other chapters are doing birds and brews and shoots. So um, we're really starting to ramp up, and with the big looking for fundraising events um, being in 2022 just because of, of how uh, the pandemic has played out. Hey, Glenn, we uh, we seem, for some unknown reason, we can't track to attract uh, younger grouse hunters, and uh, I, I, we're still not sure why. It doesn't matter, but uh, if I was a younger grouse hunter and didn't know what journals and what you know how to get a whole RGS, how would we find these dates if they wanted to tune Attend the, one of the, best, events. the best thing is to either go to the RGS website, uh, roughgrousesociety.org, and go to the events page. They're listed there. Or they can contact me. Uh, my email is glenn, G-L-E-N-1-N-B, at roughgrousesociety.org, or give me a call at 412 732 one zero zero five. And does RGS have a for events like this? Do they have a Facebook page or social media? Yeah, there is a Facebook page and social media that it's up on as well. Okay. But the best is is just go straight to the RG roughgrousesociety.org page and under events, and they'll be listed. Yeah, I just, I as just is there. all the <laughs> events, not just in this area. So if you're traveling out of state and you're looking for something to do uh those things are there as well are there openings still for the uh, upcoming shoots um yes both shoots uh, i don't know when this is going to be uh, uploaded um but there are uh, availabilities this weekend as well as the grand rapid shoot uh, the gaylord chapter is doing a shoot in september in lewiston uh the lewiston gun club which is a, a really nice gun club a really nice um, kind of tune-up grouse shoot, so opportunities there as well. Excellent. That's great information. I, I want to switch back over to the conservation part for just a minute, if you would, Glenn. Um, and uh, uh, let's pick out the Hiawatha Project, because that's our native area. We both grew up in the eastern UP, partially. And uh, conservation for birds looks far different. You know, we have a mutual acquaintance that was on another side of ducks, let's say, or deer conservation. Um to me, a bird hunter, I'll, I'll give you a, just a quick example. I'm looking for a place up north to retire to. I don't want a lot of land. I'm not a deer hunter, and I bird hunt, which we need vast volumes of land. How does conservation differ with Rough Grouse Society when we know we need vast amounts of land, and what are you actually doing to the habitat when you get, when you get the uh, event set up 
and everybody's there. And I know this is a basic question, but a lot of our listeners, as I said, are new to the sport. Well, uh, and I think maybe having John Steigerwald as a guest would be great um, because he can get into the meats and potatoes of it a little better than I or Brent Rudolph, uh, our director of policy. But in a nutshell, we have learned... um, over the years and under the direction of, of Dr. Ben Jones, our CEO, that in his background um, in Pennsylvania and the, the Southern Appalachian Grouse Study, that it, we need large landscape conservation impacts. So one of the things that we are working to do with our new model is help the Forest Service, because they have large tracts of lands but have, you know, hurdles to get cuttings done or managements or openings, whatever the thing is, is is help them through a stewardship project where we start managing these tracts of land on their behalf. The money that is raised from that gets put back into their coffers locally. It doesn't go to Washington, D.C. And then some of the more non-commercial work can be done, and it becomes a, a rolling process um, year after year after year. Um, and, and that's kind of what we're attempting to do with the Hiawatha and hopefully that stewardship agreement um, and all the, the logistical things um, that go with that uh, will be uh, will be signed and on the books uh, late in the fourth quarter of this year, if not the, the first quarter of next year. The thing that, that we need to understand is on some of these large-scale projects, you know, we can't do it in a in a a, a small weekend tree planting like a, a chapter can with soft mass deal. There are multiple years, multiple acreage uh, projects, and it's been very successful uh, in Minnesota, in Wisconsin, and we're bringing that business model here uh, both to the northern lower and the upper peninsula and i know all three of us know but what are you planting when you do this and what are you extracting what plants are you eliminating really depends upon the silviculture uh and soil types and everything that goes with that Uh, broad-based answers could be soft mass producing trees what do i mean by that some sort of berry or crab apple or thorn apple or hawthorn. Um, it could be clover um, or a clover mix in a you know an opening. Um, trees that were taken out. Some of it could be aspen. Some of it could be hardwood. It really depends on project to project. To you know, I, John would be better to answer that. Oh, that, 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 that's we can't fine. do it in a, a broad brush. This is what we're going to do because each landscape is uniquely different. Soil types are uh, and the pH is different, so we have to, to look at what is best. Categories-wise, you're looking for food source. That's what you're planting or trying to develop, right? And you're looking yes. for cover as well because they need some cover. So that, that's interesting. And the volunteers go out and do the plantings and extract the plants they don't want. So it's a really interesting thing yeah um in 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 the 
even though we're talking about large landscape projects, that doesn't mean we will be getting away from smaller chapter projects as well. I think all of that is, is strong for recruitment. As you mentioned, in bringing in young families, uh, the Robert Lytle chapter did a, a planning this year and had families and children and youth, um, and it was a surrounding success led up by Travis Powers, uh, who's the Habitat chairman of, of that committee um, over on the east side of the state. That uh, really shows, you know, we need all of these multifaceted um, aspects to, to continue to move forward. Excellent, excellent. That, that's very good. What about, how does the Rough Grouse Society interact with the state of Michigan DNR, uh, their, their, um, their gym areas? Is there any interaction? Um, certainly, we have interacted in the past, and, and Adam Bump is now the acting game bird um, person in the DNR now that Al Stewart is retired. Um, we've certainly helped the DNR on some grant projects in the past on gem sites, um, and I think we'll continue to do so. Uh, we've also worked with the state on other projects. Um, you know, one was a, a wildlife habitat grant project that uh, we helped the state with in the Pigeon River country um, that was really managed by. Uh, by the folks at the Roger Moore chapter, uh, Kevin Stewart and John LePage being two key conservation volunteers on that project. Um, so we're working multifacetedly with with everything. We've also done some work with the, the Greater Grand Traverse uh, Land Trust up in Petoskey. So all of these things that, uh, that are out there, we're looking at and... Um, focusing on um but again at the end of the day it, it still comes down to capacity and uh prior prioritizing what is top of the line need yep yep that's right glenn it's always prioritizing in that type of role i, I just a quick public service announcement if the listeners are out there messing with your uh audio it's not the audio it's uh the drought is over. It's pouring here now. Yeah, it's, it's and we're in our mobile travel trailer studio. Yeah, so, yeah. so you're going to... normally quiet out here until this happened. But. Yeah, but it, it, it sounds kind of cool, actually. I think Glenn said it before we were on the air. It's just, it just sounds like you're at camp sitting inside listening to it rain. So, um, How much involvement does RGS have with sharptail habitat and sharptail development? Uh, being eastern Upper Peninsula guys, when we were young, we uh, that's what we started hunting. You know... I would say John, and I don't want to speak for John here. He would be better to answer that answer that question than I. Mm -hmm. um, certainly, there's some crossover. Is it a, a main focus um, no. for our organization? Um, no, it is not. Um, I think that's being managed by the state um, in those areas. Um, so, do we have? Do I have day-to-day -day interaction? No. Um, do we have some conversations about it? Yes. Oh, that's it. But it excellent. is not the, the focus of uh, of the organization 
versus rough grouse in a an American woodcock. Right, right. But it's excellent that you at least have your eye on it as an organization because it, it's it's where our my route started. So it was a. In fact, I don't think I hunted rough tail grouse until I was thirty, probably. So <laughs> that's crazy. But uh, we we were just always very fortunate. We were right in the middle of the sharp tail area, so it was just too easy for us. But I I just didn't know if you had any involvement at all, and uh, it's good that you are. Um, we if, did not. We we had Al Stewart on. That was one of our first shows, yeah, actually, early, and uh, I didn't know he had retired. So good for yeah. Al. Yeah, just recently, right? Just recently, yes. Yeah, we we really enjoyed our time with him and stayed in touch with him. He's a good guy. Appreciate all his work. He's wealth done. of knowledge. Oh, <laughs> wealth of knowledge. So, uh, Glenn, uh, I, I just want—I know we're going to reiterate here, but give us your next one, two, or three events in your region, um, just real quickly where they are and the dates, just so the listeners have them again. Um, well, today's the twenty-fifth, so. Uh, on the 26th, there are two shoots, um, one by the Highlands Cadillac chapter, uh, and then the other is the Greater Southeast um, chapter event. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, July uh, 14th will be the uh, Grand Rapids Schrems West Michigan Trout Unlimited Cast and Blast at uh, Kent County Conservation League in, uh, in Ada, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then followed by our banquet, uh, the Grand Rapids banquet will be in uh, August. Um, then I believe, uh, let me look here. Lewiston shoot date is uh, in September. I believe it's the 9th. I just don't have that off the top. And, of my and again, head. these are all at the event section under the website. Yeah, that's an event. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then July 25th. Uh, There'll also be a shoot uh, in the Eastern UP at Leish, what is it, Leisha Cheneau, <laughs> Leisha uh, Club yeah. in Cedarville. Yeah, that, that's our really close to where we it were. It sounds like Les Chenex. Yeah, Les Cheneau. <laughs> Les Cheneau. But you know, I can't, I can't it's, speak. it's okay. We'll, we'll get you talking Uper eventually. <laughs> we'll yeah. work on you a little. Uh, so, good. Did you have another question? Yeah, there? I was going to ask. So, as other than conservation, if you were to join RGS, Rough Grouse Society, as one of our listeners, maybe even, even an out-of-state listener, um, what are the other benefits that come with joining Rough Grouse Society? I mean, there's a magazine, right? The yeah, Covey? there's okay. a, a magazine, a quarterly magazine called Covers. Covers. Um, that uh, talks about a broad range of things. Um, you know, I do the the book reviews uh, in that because of my uh, book, wing shooting book passion. Um, but uh, we also talk about habitat work. We talk about projects. We talk about, uh, you know, activities on the policy side um, there. But we are truly a forest conservation, rough grouse, woodcock organization that's looking and primary focus is making sure that we have young successional forests, forests that are healthy, forests of all age classes and dynamics that provide habitat in the environs where grouse and woodcock um, have the best opportunity to thrive 
along with all the other species, whether they're songbirds or mammals or white-tailed deer that also need that young successional habitat. Uh, and, and that's primarily what our focus is. Yeah, yeah, Glenn, I have a two-part question. Oh, wait a minute. Let me follow up. Oh, please. So what is the, um, what's, what's the general starting membership cost? General starting membership is $35 a year. Okay. We have a dual membership at $60, and then we have, you know, sustaining sponsorship memberships that go up from there. Yes. So, uh, what would a dual membership would, would, A would, dual would, membership gives you both membership because we have the American Woodcock Society and oh. the Rough Grouse Society. Oh, so you're the in both. Dual okay. Gives you both, um, and you're supporting both organizations at that sixty dollar ah, level. All right, nice, nice. Okay, yeah, yeah we're both members here uh, locally. I'm not dual. I want to get into that. Actually, yeah, I, I didn't know about the dual <laughs> thing. It's always better duallys than you know. Anyway, um, just just so those uh, people that haven't experienced it, give us just kind of a you know, thirty second layout of what the banquet looks like. I'm sure you have an auction, and I'm sure you do. You have guest speakers, and just kind of yeah. give us a brief. Uh, if one of our listeners wants to attend, the what, what they expect would be food, probably. So make sure you go over that. Yeah, food. <laughs> well, I, I think it <laughs> it really varies um, geographic location, chapter to chapter. Yep. Um, you know, from a fundraising aspect, there's always raffles of prizes that can be everything from you know hunting gear, equipment, artwork books to local donations, you know, whether it's a side of beef from, you know, Joe's meat market um, or a taxidermy mount or a fishing guide trip or, a, a, you know, those sorts of things. Right. Um, and depending upon where um, the area is, uh, some places, you know, do, you know, a catered steak fry, some people do a catered pig roast, some people do more of a white tablecloth uh, event. Uh, some chapters, uh, again, will have a live auction. Uh, other chapters will forego that and do more of a silent auction. You know, and it, it the great thing about it is, is we have a, a wide template, if you will, and give the chapters the autonomy uh, to to really know what works for them, you know. In my yeah. situation, like I said, using the the UP chapter, <laughs> I know, was for, just going there. Go ahead. For me, you know, for me to go up there and tell those that are committee, oh, this is the template that it has to fit in, you know. Uh, there's no way I can do that. Uh, no, no, you you, you don't want to go Shebley and uh, white tablecloths up there. You want to go flannel and uh, PBR. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I I'm out in the ball, left field hoping the ball gets hit the right. Yeah. So you know, it, it's really working with um, our strong chapter leaders and volunteers um, to to develop these things um, that that fits their niche or geographic location. Now. now do you bring in speakers, guest speakers for the banquets? Um, sometimes, some chapters do. Um, sometimes, um, some chapters do not. It really depends upon, um, again, uh, 
each well, chapter. The uniqueness there. of each chapter. Let, let's, let's migrate over to the uh, shoots. Uh, you mentioned one earlier, and I didn't jot the name down. That was like Cast and Blast. Was that it? The Cast and Blast. Yeah, let's yeah. use that as an example. Just kind of give us the you know one-minute rundown of that. Well, that is a, a joint event that West Michigan Trout Unlimited and the Grand Rapids Rough Grouse Society uh, chapter put together, I don't know, probably 10, 12 years ago now, where um, we do a sporting clay shoot, 50 rounds of sporting clays, and then we set up kind of a, a fly casting sporting clays course, too. And we have joint members. There seems to be a, a fair amount of crossover between trout anglers and grouse and woodcock hunters. Uh, so it's a way for us to blend our, our membership and our constituency together and raise money for, for both organizations. And if I, if I was attending that event, what would I expect for the, from the event? What would be the activities, and how would that be set? Um, well, you get your 50 rounds of sporting clays. You get the opportunity to do the, the fly casting sporting clays. Uh, we have a steak dinner um, that goes with that, and then some fundraising raffles and silent auctions. Now, Glenn, I've done both these. I, I'm, I'm struggling with the fly casting. Are you actually throwing clays and casting at it? No, no. Um, <laughs> they, they set up a, an obstacle course for fly casting. So like a sporting clays course um, where you may have to cast from your knees or you may have to cast oh. out of a trip boat or you may have to cast around the pylon to something else or under an overhanging branch. Okay, okay. I, I've never seen that. And I, I, my brother about... I'm going to spit on the mixing board <laughs> and coffee. coffee out but, with my question. But that makes more sense. So it's basically sporting clays, but there's no clay pigeon. You're just casting. No, exactly. Yeah, You're yeah. just casting a... a I, should, I should never say casting because that is the art of the sport, right? So, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Well, Glenn, anything else you want to convey to the listeners today? Um, no, I, I, I guess you said you wanted my favorite bird hunting story. Oh, yeah. That, already the tell it, and now it's, we're not even getting there. Oh, yeah, we are. we got plenty of time. Oh, uh, we got time? Uh, yeah, we... No, I, I just want to, you know, tell everyone that, that conservation is not canceled. Um, and, you know, we have, you know... To say that, candidly, that this past year um, has been challenging, it certainly has, um, but uh, we're going to roll out and uh, start to, to do events and make conservation delivery across the state with, you know, John Steigerwald leading the, the conservation side and myself on the others, and, uh, you know, certainly if anybody has any questions, um, they can reach out to me at that Glenn B at roughgrousesociety.org email. Is that Glenn um, B as in your last name, Bravo? Glenn is the Glenn, G-L-E-N, and then B is in Blackwood. Yeah, yes, okay. Glenn B at yep. roughgrousesociety.org. Excellent, excellent. Okay, we're to the point that you've been waiting for. We, we call our listeners and guests the Covey, just as a group. And uh, so welcome to the Covey first, welcome Glenn. Welcome to the Covey. Well, thank yeah, you. And, and actually, our uh, song is... Our, uh, Theme song yeah. is Welcome to the Covey. It's a cover of a great song. But anyway, we always ask each guest, and this is a good place for us to end with, I guess, your first, best, or last Upland story. It's your time to tell a story, Glenn. Well, there's there's absolutely so many of them. Um, but, uh, you know, you folks talked about your roots uh, in, uh, 
in the eastern UP, and uh, I mentioned that, that I grew up uh, the son of a, a rabbit cop or a game warden in Ohio. And so uh, I'm probably the, the one of my favorite stories of all times um, was when I was a little kid, and uh, we were, were pheasant hunting out on this old farm near South Charleston, Ohio. Um, and uh, we go out there with the farmer and my dad and myself, and I'm, I'm just a kid. And uh, he, this old farm dog comes along. Now, uh, I've been an avid reader all my life, and my parents and grandparents uh, bought me sporting books. Gene Hill, you know, Robert Traver, Robert Rourke books as a kid. So I, I had a little idea about dogs and, and that and being around my father's friends. But anyway, we'd go out, and there's, there's this, this farm dog, just this old cattle dog kind of a border collie mix type of thing but anyway this dog goes out and he roosts out this pheasant and uh, his pheasant goes up and I manage to knock it down and the dog runs over and picks it up and brings it back to me and uh, the dog has no teeth it's been worked cat all its life and it's literally an old dog it doesn't have any teeth I don't want to say I mean the dog was well cared for but you know, if you've been around livestock, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you get your teeth kicked out, literally. Teeth, whether yeah. they're working cattle or horses or sheep, whatever. Anyway, um, but the dog has no teeth, and I take this bird, and I'm looking at it, and this old farmer guy kind of spits a little Copenhagen or mail pouch, whatever he was chewing, and goes, isn't that dog a soft mouth son of a gun? He never <laughs> harms any birds. And uh, it's one of those seminal moments. Well, yeah, he didn't have any choice not to do it because uh, he didn't have any teeth. So uh, that's, that's one funny. of those. Uh, that would be you know, my favorite funny story. That's a. I mean, you that's know, just it, an old farmer's comment, Glenn. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, and you know, I got lots of stories that that I can tell um, along this, but with, with you talking about. Because that wasn't the one I was going to tell, um, but uh, with you guys talking about the e- Eastern UP, I, I kind of went back to, to my boyhood there, and uh, I just can remember getting this bird, and I'm so proud at and looking at this bird, and, you know, stroking its feathers, and, and oh yeah, I said, he's look how soft mouth this dog is. <laughs> He spits on the ground. And goes, look how soft mouth that dog is. <laughs> anyway, and so it kind of reminds me of the abdominal uh, snowman and the dentist and the. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Herbie. Herbie, there you go, great, Glenn. Herbie. Awesome. All right, well, that's uh, a good story. That's yeah. one of the top ones, I think. It's just funny, you know. Uh, well, uh, yeah, and, and touching because you were young and it was an early bird for you. And that's, oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure you can still picture in your mind. I have one more selfish question. I, I'm an avid reader and and play with words once in a while. Um, who's your favorite Upland author? Um, wow, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, you don't want to open this topic up because I can talk the next two hours about sporting literature and books. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I tell you, I've been looking for somebody on that. Maybe we'll have you back on another date. Yeah, just to talk about just that. Just to talk about that, because I, I, I have an appreciation for writing literature and art. 
and uh, th- that's something we really haven't touched yet on the on this podcast. And I, I'd really maybe you can help guide us to the right writers and author authors, and uh, as well as the uh, artists, because there is some fantastic upland artwork out there. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that that's a whole other topic uh, that we can go to. But going back to uh, going back to my favorite upland uh, writer. And, and it would have to be plural because uh, I'm not going to um, uh, I'm not going to just pick one. Um, I think, albeit that Robert Rourke is known for being a big game hunter and his African safari books with using up gun um, and those. Uh, I think if you read The Old Man and the Boy by Robert Rourke and see the lessons that he learned um, over bird hunting with dogs, both flushing dogs as well as pointing dogs by the old man, um, primarily quail shooting, um, it's hard not to say, and I'm a huge Rourke fan, it's hard not to say that Rourke um, isn't one of the best wing shooting writers um, out there. Oh, excellent. I, I have not explored his work very much. I've done a little bit with Traver, read some yeah. of that. Um, you know. But I, I think when you start looking old versus new, um, certainly on the, the grouse and woodcock side of the coin, it'd be hard not to, to put Bert Spiller up there. That's my favorite, um, by far. I, I love Bert Spiller. Yeah, just In that aspect. The, the language has aged with him. But it's still potent, you know. It's just, well, the, it's just good. The, His ability to use words and the way he does is just poetic to me. Well, the the thing that you have to understand, um, and now I'm really on my soapbox going off. When you look at the who we think classic sporting writers um, in history, okay, on whether it's fly fishing or wing shooting, but we'll stay to wing shooting here. They were all career writers. Corey Ford taught English at Dartmouth. You know, Gene Hill was an ad man copywriter uh, in New York City. Michael McIntosh was a Shakespearean scholar. So they all wrote professionally at some level. Dadis Proper was a you know a foreign service officer when he wrote Pheasants of the Mind, which is the greatest pheasant book that's ever been done. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all learned to write, and they all had experiences in the field, and they chose to blend both together, and they did it in a magical way. Um, so... I think when you, you start looking at those things um, and where they fit together, there's so many different genres. Yes. Um, if I had to pick one person to say um, I like the best, um, it would be John Tainer Foote. Um, I think John Tainer Foote's writings dog writings, a story like Jing that was originally done by Derrydale and 
by Eugene Connett in the Derrydale Press, and then Pocono Shot, Dumbbell of Brookville, or Field. Um, uh, John Tanner Foote's stories, I, I think, are absolutely spectacular. Um, but it's hard to compare Tanner Foote to Spiller to Archibald Rutlish to um, Gene Hill to McIntosh to Steve Smith to Tom Hugler to Tom Carney and I'm I'm just rambling here. No, uh, it's you okay. Probably wanna, you probably want to cut and edit all this stuff. No, no, we uh, actually don't. Uh, we had Tom uh, Tom on two or three episodes ago, and yeah, I, I've always been a fan of Tom's writing. I, I think he's. You know, I'll what, tell you, whatever he's talking about, some of it doesn't appeal to me because I'm, you know, I don't have any interest in what he's talking about. But I got to tell you, he, as a writer, he's a very solid writer, in my opinion. Um, Tom Carney gave me my up, my chance at Upland Almanac to do the the pages past uh, book column mm-hmm. uh, there, and I can tell you that as a as someone to work with from an editor standpoint, um, you know, and and I'm I'm not a writer. Uh, I wasn't schooled in that at all. I'm just a, a old fashioned storyteller. Okay. Well, that's what um, that's what and, good and, writing is. And and I struggle to to get my columns and, and those things. I hmm. mean, it, it's it's really because again, the way I tell a story verbally, where my strengths and skills are. And how it has to come out on paper are two different things, and I'm still learning how to do that. Oh yeah, it, um, it's a lifetime but, pursuit, obviously. But he's been a, a great mentor and friend. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. We had a lot of fun with Tom. It was a fun episode. Well, we're all, we are coming to the conclusion, Glenn. We hope you'll come back and talk to us, especially when you have big events coming up, to let us know, even if it's five or ten minutes. And uh, I, 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 I'm. I'll have to talk to Brother Matt, but I think we'd like to have you on to talk about literature and art in the sport. I think that'd be a really interesting. Yeah, oh, certainly, really uh, interesting. You seem to be a wealth of knowledge, you know more than I do, and uh, we're you know we'd like to team up and do that. But we'd also like to have some writers and artists on just to uh, g- give a different side of the sport to everybody. Oh yeah. So, so all right, that's Glenn Blackwood from the Rough Grouse Society, and we really appreciate all your time. I can hear your other phones ringing, so business is calling. We don't want to keep you and. Uh, the drought's over and through the raindrops. Glenn, how many days to opening day, Matt? Oh, geez, I didn't have that up. Oh, Put me on the like spot. Se- I'm like a 70 some. 78. Here. Hang, yeah. hang on just a second. I'll pull it up. Got anything else for us, Glenn, while I'm doing any, that? Any lasting comments? Um, the Hope Springs Eternal, I'm getting the puppy delivered uh, in the next 48 hours. Oh, so, uh, you, um, you don't have to tell us, getting, but who are you getting it from? Um, I. It's coming from a, a small kennel in uh, southwestern Georgia. Oh, and uh, that's where my dog's from. Kid. That's uh, where Matt's dog came from. Oh, what um, kind? Of, what breed? Llewellyn. Oh, okay. No. Well, this is uh, this is on the other side. This oh. is a little field bred English cocker. Oh, oh, oh! I think I know who you got that from. Okay. So, yeah, uh, that, 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 that's a nice breed. That'd yeah. be a lot of okay. fun. Well, yeah, and uh, this one's uh, it's, it's, this one's directly related to one that I have now. My wife found it, and we bought it purely after genetics. So shout out to Gun Dogs Express for Gun? bringing the dog uh, to us. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, are they, are they a here. transportation company? Yeah. Oh, that's another guess we might want to Yeah, we may want to have that on, because I, uh, I know guns and dogs are long. If you're flying or whatnot, that, that's a problem. So, yeah, so 
But we have 81 days to opening day. I won't ask you where your bird camp is because I wouldn't tell you where ours is, Glenn. No, no offense. <laughs> so, but we we'll bump into the field and look for us. We may come to one of the events that you're having. So, well, it'd be great. Yeah, we. Thanks again for the opportunity. And uh, usually with us, if food's involved, we're probably pretty good. So, um, but. Uh, that concludes it with Glenn Blackwood of Rough Grouse Society, Regional Director in Michigan, Indiana, and in just a corner of Illinois. And uh, we appreciate you all your time, Glenn. Thanks for coming on, and we'll hopefully talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day. All right, see you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Like to enter the knife contest? Check it out at Patreon forward slash BirdCamp. Leave us some feedback, which we would appreciate. Our email is mi.birdcamp at gmail.com. Check us out on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for BirdCamp. Our website is www.birdcamp.net. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next show. See ya.